Hello, and welcome to episode 29 of Half-Blind Hecklers. I am Tate, the blind one, and that's Steven over there somewhere. Yes. <laughs> over here. All right. So, uh, today we're going to talk about a few different things. We're going to talk about uh, Senator Trump. Ted Cruz. <laughs> we're getting to Trump. We're getting to Trump. <laughs> Senator Ted <laughs> Cruz and other... United States senators, members, uh, houses, members of Congress, are calling for an investigation into the Netflix film *Cuties* for allegedly sexualizing young girls. And then we're going to talk about the CDC releasing an article saying that the majority of positive test results for coronavirus have exceptionally low case or viral load, and they're not contagious. So that might change reports uh then talk about a potential interview between trump and biden moderated by joe rogan yes uh then the uae and bahrain peace and formal ties with israel and then finally we'll talk about a new bylaw for calgary our town that would ban large advocacy signs near calgary schools specifically focused on pro-life signs and then we will talk about where the podcast and the show is going to go moving forward. So, yes, we will. Yes, we will, because it's going to change. Yeah, Anyways. that's right. <laughs> so uh, first thing we're going to talk about. So the French coming of age film Cuties is trending on Netflix after it was released earlier last week. But it's not for the reasons that everybody's talking about. A lot of everybody's talking about cuties because it's pretty vulgar. It's kind of inappropriate. The children that are in the film are in fairly exposing outfits. They dance in fairly evocative and some might say erotic ways. Um, and a lot of people are using the hashtag called cancel Netflix to further investigation into this production because it, it does sexualize young girls. And I know a lot of people have commented saying, oh, like it's supposed to be calling out the, the hypersexualization of young girls. But in reality, if you're going to be calling out that it sexualizes young girls, then you shouldn't be depicting that it's sexualizing young girls. That should be fairly self-explanatory. <laughs> That makes sense, but I, I actually, I don't think that's quite the point. I, again, I'm gonna give the devil yeah. his due here. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe the point is, is that they don't think that young girls should be sexualized, as in, seeing, uh, a young girl with not very many, mm -hmm. not very much clothing on, that shouldn't be erotic just by default. No. Like that, I, I think that's more where they're going with it, and and you know you might disagree, but I I, I think you could give them a little bit more credit. <laughs> like I, I I've seen I've seen reviews of the film. Uh, ben Shapiro says something, somewhat similar in that yes they do cover the topic of the sexual exploitation of girls is a bad thing, but mm -hmm. I think in their presentation of that it is a bad thing, they they show far too much of it. They go too far, like, mo the majority of the film is focused on their dancing and how their troupe elevates and becomes more sexualized and how it changes them as people. 
And eventually at the yeah. end, it's like, oh, she has a breakdown. And then eventually she tries to regain the innocence of her childhood. And if they had done it with less sexualization and with less focusing on, oh, like the, the camera zooming in on their crotches thrusting forward and mm. like they're them bending over and it just zooming in. And it's like, yeah, OK, this is like if you it's, wanted it's, to show it's how, almost like it, yeah. it's almost like winking at it. Mm-hmm. Almost. Yeah. yeah, and you can you can see some of the the adult members of the film are like oogling and saying ooh, it's like ah no. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. anyways, uh, the letter that Senator Ted Cruz sent to the Senate and Attorney General Bill Barr was uh, the Department of Justice has a significant role in preventing the sexual abuse of children. Uh, enforces federal criminal law making a serious crime to produce or distribute material involving the sexual exploitation of minors, including the filming of minors, engaging in sexually explicit conduct by investigating and prosecuting offenders who possess and distribute images of sexually and images and videos sexually depicting minors. The department both obtains justice for those who have been abused and protect children from future sexual abuse and exploitation. Now, I understand that it's it's very difficult to try and go after the director because this film was released in France and made in France, but they can potentially go after Netflix for distributing it in the United States because Netflix is heavily promoting the film. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, even I've seen ads for it when mm-hmm. I go on Netflix. Yeah. So, I know a lot of people who have canceled their Netflix. Um. Steph and I canceled our Netflix partially for that, but partially just because there wasn't too much content, which we were actually watching. And it was just kind of a drain. We're like, well, we're not really using this that much. We're just using YouTube primarily. So what's the point? So makes sense to me. Yep. All right. That's, that's kind of the rundown of what this is going to be like. I don't know where it's going to go or whether it will go anywhere. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's really. I don't mean to put it this way, but I, I don't know if it's bad enough. I don't know if this is. Yeah. I don't know if this goes past the line of being within the realm of possibilities. Yeah. You know, you can't mm-hmm. assume that someone's guilty before they're proven that way. So. Yeah, I think the so one hard point to in which I think the one point to which they might have a case is, of course, the one scene with partial child nudity. That would be the one scene yeah. which... But then, of course, all Netflix would have to do would be to release an edited version of the film with that cut off. So... Right, exactly. It could, I, I see it going either way. If it does go where they actually investigate and prosecute, or at least say you have to edit this part out, then it might go in a different direction. So it's yet to be seen, but that's just kind of the rundown of that. Uh, the second article we're going to talk about... Uh, the title is Your Coronavirus Test is Positive. Maybe it shouldn't be. And oh, no. so it's saying the usual diagnostic tests may be too sensitive and too slow to contain the spread of the virus. Uh, some of the le- nation's leading public health experts are raising a new concern in the endless debate over coronavirus testing. Uh, the di- standard tests are diagnosing huge numbers of people who may be carrying relatively insignificant amounts of the virus. Most of these people are not likely to be contagious, and identifying them maybe contribute to bottlenecks that prevent those who are contagious, contagious from being found in time. 
So interesting. The the Center for Disease Control say that researchers say the solution is not to test less, but to actually just say like if you don't have symptoms, because if you don't have symptoms and you're testing positive, then you're likely receiving a lower viral load. Then if you don't have symptoms, then don't get tested. Seems pretty reasonable to me. So some people are arguing against this, uh, such as Michael Mina, an epidemiologist at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. But I don't think that's a really big issue. Like what it should be saying is we want to test for this amount of the virus. If you have lower than this amount of the virus, then you're actually developing somewhat of an immunity to it because your cells are fighting off a lower viral load. And right. it you're would not be contagious. like getting a vaccine. And yeah, so there's no like need for you to quarantine. And of course, if you're if you're asymptomatic and you test positive, then you have to self-quarantine for 14 days. And you're self-quarantining right. people for 14 days that do not need to self-quarantine. Yeah. So I would say if you don't have symptoms, then likely don't get tested. That's good advice. Yeah. And then I would say like six months down the road, what they should do is they should say, okay, we're going to sell a whole bunch of antibody tests to see if you have the antibodies and then like anonymously send them back in. And then it's like, all right, this is the amount of people that we tested. And this is the amount of people that came back with antibodies. And this is the percentage of the population that's actually had this virus, whether in a serious or an insignificant case. Seems like a pretty smart plan to me. Yeah. So on Thursday, the United States recorded 45,000 new coronavirus cases, according to the database. If the rates of contagiousness in Massachusetts and New York were to apply nationwide, where the 90% are not contagious and asymptomatic, then perhaps only 4,500 of those people may need to actually isolate and submit to contact tracing. Wow. That would change everything. Yeah, it really would. Because it would be, okay, if you have symptoms, go get tested. If you get positive, then you have to self-quarantine for a certain amount of time, and then you're done. And then we're yeah. not we're not enforcing all these lockdowns. We're not enforcing mandatory mask rules for people who are asymptomatic. Like, it changes mm. everything. Absolutely. So... That's, this is probably, as I, as I interpret it, this is probably the second biggest news of today, which tells you how big a news stories we've had this week. Yeah, yeah <laughs> really. We'll talk about that other one later. Uh, so next we're mm -hmm. going to talk about uh, Trump jumps on offer to have Joe Rogan moderate debate with Joe Biden. Yeah! <laughs> Tate was very excited about this. So I on, want it. I want it to. I want it to. So Trump on Monday jumped on an offer from Mix Marshall as commentator and Spotify podcast host Joe Rogan to moderate a four-hour debate. There's no way that Joe Biden would last four hours. <laughs> <laughs> so on my so former MMA fighter Tim Kennedy on my podcast with Joe Rogan, he offered to moderate a debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. It would be four hours with no live audience, just the two candidates, cameras, and their vision of how to move this country forward. Who wants it? And Trump said, I do. <laughs> so, yes. and of course, so much. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Rogan said that he would be happy to moderate to avoid bias in the media because 
everyone knows that in the United States, there is, and in Canada, of course, there is a massive amount of media bias, especially con concerning the presidential election. Yes, absolutely. And another thing that Joe Rogan said, which is also good to know, is that he wouldn't want anybody else in the room, just the three of them, and you'd have to stream it live so that you can't edit it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but what sounds better than that? I know. You know, I would if I had if I had plans that night, I'd cancel them. Mm -hmm. That would be the most exciting thing to happen in politics <laughs> in the next probably yeah. the next 30 years. That's oh, going to yeah. be the big thing. Like, yeah. So the next uh, in, in accordance with a regular debate schedule, there will be three debates. There will be the first debate, which is on September 29th in Cleveland, which is on a Tuesday, and I will at least be live streaming it. Uh, the second one is on October 15th and the third, October 22nd. We don't know about those ones. We'll see. Currently, the moderators are Kristen Welker of NBC, Steve Scully, the political editor of C-SPAN, and Chris Wallace of Fox. So they've tried for a pretty even split, but of course, one of them is going to be to the left. One of them is going to be a little bit to the right. I wouldn't call Chris Wallace. He's pretty moderate. He's not pro-Trump in any real way. But anybody of NBC is going to be fairly pro-Biden, so. It's, Joe Rogan would be certainly be one of the most He'd be, what's the best way to put it? He wouldn't be for any side or the other because he's criticized them both pretty much evenly. Yeah, well, and on top of that, you know, um, Joe Rogan's just a normal guy. He you is. Know, he, he's, done some, he's done some martial arts training, and he's done podcasts, and he's done comedy and done all these things in his life yeah i mean he did all that stuff yeah and i feel like when i listen to his podcast he's just a guy he you is. know he's not one of these he's not an ideologue even mm -hmm. he doesn't i would even go so far as to say he doesn't have very many like held beliefs he probably mm -hmm. has a few but not very many you know yeah. he just wants a good life he just wants everyone to have a good life mm -hmm. he's basically a hippie you know um I would just, I would love to see him, you know, stop one of them or the other from going like, no, 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 let him finish, let him finish, because yeah. he's done that on his podcast before, right? He had, mm -hmm. he had uh, Tim Pool and and uh, yeah. who runs Twitter? Who runs Twitter, uh, Jack, Dorsey? Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he had them two on, and he had to moderate that because he's like, yo, Tim, like Tim, you got, you got slow down. Yeah. <laughs> I just I feel like he's the perfect guy, <laughs> and and he's popular, yes, and he it would be the it would be the best way to engage with young people. I mean, mm -hmm. young people don't want to watch a TV debate, but if young people hear Joe Rogan Joe is Rogan. doing the presidential debate, An MMA I mean, commentator. Yeah, I mean, just don't make one. it pay per view. Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't make it pay. I'd be so sad. Oh, it'd be so sad. It'd be like, no, Joe, don't do it. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, next thing, we're kind of just blazing through these things. Uh, we are. In break with past, uh, the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain both forged ties with Israel at the White House today. So they signed agreements on Tuesday 
to establish formal ties with Israel, becoming the first Arab states in a quarter century to break a long-standing taboo in a strategic realignment of Middle East countries against Iran. And I'm, this is great. Like the more Middle Good Eastern countries that Trump. go against Iran is fantastic. Like, yep. Good job, Trump. They've, they've been nominating. I think now he's received his third nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize. And especially because wow. Obama got it for existing, he should get it for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put my hat in that ring. Yeah, like what he's what he's done for global peace has actually been crazy since he began office. Like the stuff that he did between South Korea and North Korea hadn't been done in yeah, sixty years. He's... Yep. Yeah, he's done some things. I'll tell you what. Like as far as world relations it's like wow this is actually impressive like yeah i mean everyone out... was making the joke oh everyone was yeah. making the joke early on that oh like the u.s ah like look at this guy you know look at his foreign policy he's just gonna oh put america first that was a meme right mm -hmm. it was a meme to say something yeah. like that um and then it turns out that bunch of peace happened and everyone's like hard to come up with words when you've yeah. been dumbfounded mm -hmm. yeah so in front of several hundred people they signed accords with Emirati Foreign Minister Sheikh Abdullah bin Zayed Al Nayan oh my gosh that's that's a mouthful and Bahrain's Foreign Minister Abdulatif Al Zayani uh, the deals of course were denounced by the Palestinians here's but the the deals were the third and would make them the third and fourth Arab states to take such steps towards normalizing relations with Israel since peace treaties with sign peace treaties were signed with Israel uh, with Egypt in 1979 and Jordan in 1994. So that was the last time a peace tr treaty was signed between Middle Eastern states and Israel. Wow, isn't that something? so? Uh, meeting Netanyahu earlier Prime said will have at least five or six countries come along very quickly to forge their accords with Israel so another thing that Trump said was he not only said five or six he said up to nine additional nations could join peace deal with Israel including Saudi Arabia this is of course what Donald Trump said have said himself uh, we'll have many other countries that will be joining us and they'll be going to be joining us soon we'll have I think I mean seven or eight or nine we're going to have a lot of other countries joining us including the big ones that's uh, not something that my critics thought was possible Ooh. and now they say wow that was a good idea trump continued i will say it's gotten rave reviews <laughs> which is a bit silly to say <laughs> but trump added i spoke with the king of saudi arabia at the right time i do think they will come in yes i do this is very big and a very historic moment so wow. if he can do it that's crazy yeah, if, if he can, like, more power to of. him. Like, yeah. the Middle East has been a conflict zone for decades. And now they're, well, they're coming to... Well, yeah. And now they're coming together. And Trump is... Aside from, like, right-wing sources, nobody's giving him any credit for this. <laughs> uh, it's... There I was an article. I think I think the media's got a bias on this one. Yeah, there was an article. I think it was in, it was in like Verge or Salon or something, but they said 
once okay. Trump got nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, they're like, okay, I think we need to stop giving out the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> grow up. Just grow up. This is I mean, silly. The, no- the Nobel Peace Prize, it's, I don't it's know, kind of, kind of silly arbitrary. Period. But, but if you're going to attack it only yeah. because the guy you hate was nominated for it, then you're simply being challenged. Yeah, I mean, come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, come on. Like, I don't agree with it either, but at least be fair. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if, if it's going to exist, apply the rules across the board. Yeah, and it was actually kind of funny. Like, uh, when Obama got his, he actually kind of said in his speech, and he's like, I don't know why I got this. I haven't really done anything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it. like, yeah, I no, you it. didn't do anything to get this. It's like, well, you were you were the I first black president. And it's like, yes, but that doesn't talk about his accomplishments. It just talks about his inherent characteristics. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you don't get a Nobel Peace, for, Peace Prize for, you know, being the first gay mayor of a town. But yeah, Mayor Pete. <laughs> Even though he wasn't the. I, I, was, I was actually go- I was actually going for Nenshi, but okay. Okay, well that's speculation. Is it that's, only speculation? I thought that was pretty. It's it's but, like all but confirmed, but you you can't uh, really say it outright because whenever you say it outright, it's like people. I think people have tried to ask him, and then he'll just shy away from the question. So it's like all but confirmed. Well, okay, but, I yeah. mean the the fact that he's not answering it is an yeah. answer in itself. I it mean. is just saying we cannot state things that are not. Any... <laughs> anyway, R- R- random divergence. There. Random divergence about Calgary, but it sort of moves on to the next conversation. Um, as of September 9th, which was last week, but we're kind of grabbing onto the story a bit later because it connects with the interview that we're going to be doing next week. So. As of September 9th, there was a new bylaw which would ban large advocacy signs near Calgary schools. A potential ban on large advocacy messaging displays near Calgary schools is headed to City Council after a debate in Council Committee on Wednesday. So it actually hasn't been decided, it's now headed to City Council. So the amendments to the temporary signs on highlights bylaw would prohibit signs larger than three and a half by five inches that display messaging that publicly expresses an opinion on an issue or cause from being within 150 meters of school property. It would take effect on days that school is in session between 7.30 a.m. and 9 p.m. So. Why? Why? That's such a weird, specific thing. It's almost like a certain incident provoked it. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Uh, It's debate began. There was something. Because there was a video surfaced of a crash between students and anti-abortion demonstrators carrying large graphic signs at Queen Elizabeth High School and Elementary oh. School. So according to council documents, several oh. Calgary schools told city administration that large graphic signs had a serious and negative impact on vulnerable students and created a harmful effect on teaching and learning at the schools. So there's... When it comes to, to graphic abortion messaging... I'm I'm a little split. I don't like the idea of like, okay, this is a school and we're gonna deliberately target this school. We mm-hmm. should have 
when it comes to children, there should be different messages. But if we're if we're going to be like, especially when we at the university, like I remember when these when these displays came to the UFC, and there essentially had to be massive trigger warning signs <laughs> put up, and all of the pictures had to be turned inwards so that no one would see them. Everyone's a bunch of wussies these days. Eh? And so I remember, actually, I was a student back then, and I hopped over the fence, and I spoke to I, one of the people that was running the... I knew one of the people that was running the, the setup of the, the demonstration. And I'm like, hey, I want to join you guys. Let's do this. And they're like, sure. <laughs> and so I tried to talk to people. I wasn't nearly as informed about abortion as I am now. But... I did my best and I had some of my classmates and my professor like call me out to attack me publicly for it, but it is what it is. So I, I'm not a huge fan of the graphic messaging for elementary schools, uh, high schools. I would say that the imaging can be a little bit more to like the reality of abortion. But I would I would say that graphic images, as far as an elementary school, would be discouraged. Yeah, but, I mean, at least it's a city bylaw, and again, not a provincial, not a federal thing. Uh, they're considering to make it bylaw. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'm just gonna move I on to the. There's that. another article that's linked into it. Uh, so this actually, well, this was a few years ago. So the Alberta government going looks to include schools in abortion protest buffer zones so this was back when the ndp were in charge oh. so i don't think that they're actually going to be pursuing this with the ucp because the ucp actually has quite a few um they have quite a few pro-life candidates in the U in the ucp yeah i would believe that so i would say that this was either put off to the side or quashed under the yeah, UCP, which likely. is which is good. So, if it's only a city bylaw, I would support the idea of no graphic messaging for elementary schools, and I would say there'd have to be like some sort of filter on what would be available around high schools. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. But in terms of university, I'm like nothing. No. No. I mean, well, you're an adult. Deal yeah. with it. If you can sell, like, nude images at the fair in the center, in, like, Mac Hall at the university or whatever the place is in sight, then yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, no restriction. Yep, I so, agree with that. Yeah. Anyways, so that sort of moves into uh, next week, we are going to be having an interview. Next week, we're going to be interviewing another podcast. The podcast is called The Pro-Life Guys. Uh, it's a podcast dedicated to making you a better pro-life activist. Of course, both Tate and I are staunch pro-lifers. Uh, we went yeah. to the pro-choice rally last year and didn't go this year because they didn't have one. And we tried we tried <laughs> this year to go to the March for Life, but it was also cancelled. So... We will interview these guys, see what 
they're doing. And if you want to look them up, then feel free. So that's Pro what you can Life look for. Yes, prolifeguys.com. Pro I have I have the link on the in the doobly doo in the doobly doo on the on the tagline, <laughs> and I'm on their website right now. Right so, anyways, uh, that sort of ends the regular segment of our podcast. Uh, today is a bit of an interesting day. Um, the blind one messaged me this morning. <laughs> I was like, oh, so. We're going to change the po- how the podcast is done. Uh, as far as my end, I'm going to continue doing shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays and clipping all the episodes up. Um, if something really important happens in terms of news, then I'll try and do like a quick little segment that I'll record on my phone. I won't do the whole setting it up in my dining room and all that. So I'm going to continue doing the podcast as usual, maybe adding some other segments. Uh, if there is stuff like marches, protests, rallies, uh, I'm fairly certain that we'll both attend. That's very likely. Okay. Um, interviews. I think we we'll probably... The interview, it depends course, on the interview, but... but we're going to try and do them both with us both there. And then Tate is going to have a bit of a side project which he's going to be working on. So I'll let him cover that. <laughs> yeah, so basically the problem is, folks, I don't know very much about politics. <laughs> I know a little bit, uh, but frankly, I just I don't know enough to have an informed and updated view all the time. And... I'm good with technology. That's what I'm going to stick with for now. So I'm actually going to be, if, if I do anything, and I don't know if I can because school full-time is something else, I tell you. <laughs> um, but I, if I do anything, it's all going to be on my own personal blog and library and YouTube and all that. Um, I just I can't do politics what, uh, for a few hours each week uh, in in a formal way because I just don't have anything to say. I, I'm kind of just sitting here like, wow, that's crazy, man. Whoa, no kidding. But I don't have any time to look it up. I don't have any time to get in depth. And that's what I want to do. What I, if, if I'm going to do something, I want to go in depth. I want to have, you know, mm-hmm. an array of documents and I want to, you know, cross-reference things. That's what I'm good at. I'm good at the deep dives for yeah. one very narrow specific subject. But that's not what this podcast is, right? This podcast is a news podcast and that's great. And Stephen's going to run with it and he's going to keep you updated. Um, but I think I'm going to go back to a little bit more hermity. I'm going <laughs> to go back to my uh, I'm going to go back to my programming and my technology um, that's what I know. That's what I'm good at. And that's what I can have an informed opinion on. So Steven's going to run the podcast. I'm going to go back to my own personal projects and school. And, uh, I wish him luck. Yeah. And now we can, so that's that can have more of the stories, which I'm like, the world is burning. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can't stories. talk about this can't talk about the two officers which like the guy just walked up to them and executed them in their cop car because that's like the world is on fire and everything's going to crap 
but let's talk about other things with Tate. <laughs> right? This is the thing. I don't think I don't think either of us was happy with the arrangement, so it's fixed. <laughs> well, I got to do my I got to do my ranting on Thursdays. Yeah, the Thursday so, show. That was my rants. So I think actually yes. the Thursday show uh, is going to be similar to the way that the Tuesday show is going to be lined up, where we're still going to have the the sources. And then I'll probably have a bit at the end where I'll just go on a rant and a rave and get agitated. That's great. And awesome. it'll be a little bit unscripted. But sometimes it's what you need to hear. You yes, lawless heathens. <laughs> <laughs> Are you implicating me? No, you're, Are you, you have law. The protesters. I'm implicating the guy who walked up to the two cops and shot them in the face, and then the people who blocked the ambulance yeah. from getting to the hospitals. Whoa. Yeah, okay. that was a story I we did not cover. I on Thursday to listen to that story. Oh, did you already cover it? No, I didn't. That was a story that happened over the weekend. Mm, but, yeah, okay, that, was, well. that was one of the when big stories of the weekend. Yeah, when, you, uh, when you cover it, I assume on Thursday, I'll uh, tune in for a oh, watch. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I was just, it, like, I was, like, shaking my fist with anger when I heard that story. Because as the yeah, ambulance, senseless. as the ambulance was trying to get to the hospital, they're chanting while blocking the ambulance, like, hope they die. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. Unacceptable. Oh, yeah, completely. But, all right, so that is today's show uh if you want today's to show. and now that you know what we're going to be doing going forward uh if you want to follow us on youtube or library we are the half blind hecklers uh facebook we are also the half blind hecklers uh, on parlor we are at half hecklers and on anchor we are also the half blind hecklers and we are on various other podcast sites through anchor so there are multiple ways to watch to listen and get your fix. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode and we hope to hear from you in the future. All right. Have a good one. You too. Good night.